Hey, real quick, let's let's pause it, Johnny. I can really hear you sipping loud. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. The same thing. That yeah. Slurp. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 132 of the Erasable Podcast. This is Tim Wassum on hosting duties and I am joined by my most punctual of co-hosts, Andy Welfley and Johnny Gamber. Greetings, fellas. Hello. Hey, hey Tim. Hey, guys. Uh, tonight we also have Caitlin Elgin on the show to help us talk about organizing our lives with paper. Caitlin's been on the show numerous times, perhaps most notably as the host of episode 100. So, hey, Caitlin. Thanks for joining us. Hey. Caitlin. So glad to be here. Excited to have you back. It's been 32 episodes since you were here. <laughs> it's been a while, yes. Yeah. It was summer back then. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Now it's like dead of winter. <laughs> now it's dead of winter, and I have to hide in my bathroom to record this so the radiator doesn't interrupt me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we had like a 40-degree drop in the last two days here, so it's like... 12 degrees outside but oh, oh my god days ago wow. i was like wearing shorts outside it was weird. <laughs> yeah and it's, so yeah I'm, it's I'm pretty bad right. here too guys yeah mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> it was like it was like 52 to 55 degrees today cloudy yeah <laughs> i love that kind of weather yeah all righty so uh before we get into our our special topic let's do our usual thing get into tools of the trade and caitlin our guest of honor would you please get us started Sure, sure. Uh, shall I start with what I am writing with or what I'm consuming? Let's go consuming. Okay, okay. Well, I've been a little bit busy lately, so I haven't really been reading very many books. I did reread The Time Traveler's Wife just to kind of get the ball rolling for my 2020 reading goals. So um, good. I know. I love that book so much. Have um, you read her? I'm sorry. Have you read her Fearful Symmetry, the ghost one that she wrote? No, um, I wonder if it's good though. I kind of like it better than the Time Traveler's Wife, but it's it's also also very good. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, the Time Traveler's Wife is just, I think, really beautifully written. Yeah. So Agreed. I would totally be interested in her other books. Agree. Um, but I just haven't really been reading as much as I used to. Um. But this weekend, I binged the uh, Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix because I'm kind of on a true crime streak right now. Um, I don't know if you guys listen to the podcast, My Favorite Murder, but I'm constantly listening that to that. And that's kind of gotten me into uh, tr- the world of true crime. And I saw the preview for the documentary and I don't really watch football and I don't know anything about this dude's story. Um, and it's crazy and convoluted and i mean at the end of it it just really made me sad for the nfl because of the um concussion injuries that all of them face um and there was this whole thing in the documentary about junior seau and i was just like what a horrible sad sad story um but really interesting yeah Anyway, um, so I'm like kind of yeah. between shows besides that. But um, right now I am writing with a very, very nearly done Blackwing volume 33 and a third um, that Johnny actually gave to me. And it's served me very, very well. Um, and I'm trying to go through my stationary 
backlog. I have so, so, so many random pocket notebooks. So I've started kind of carrying them around with me and using them for different purposes. So I like right now have a telegraph edition from write notepads. That's just kind of my like general scribbles notebook. And I have a um, field notes. I don't remember what the edition is called, but it's the lunar one with that's black with the moon on it. Oh, um, lunacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one I'm using to track my finances. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're using a lunacy to track track your finances? Yes, yes. That sounds <laughs> apt for me, for sure. Yes, absolutely. That or the dime novel, am I right? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I actually journal in the dime novel, and I love that, that size so much. Yeah. Um, and I ha- keep this big, like... It's really huge. I'm like trying to remember what size it actually is, but it's a blue Paquetto from Paquetto. Um, it's a project planner. It's got like all like the months in front of it. And then it's got like a daily planner on the back of it. And it's been sort of keeping me on task at work. Nice. The Paquetto. I don't think I know the Paquetto planner. Um, They make a lot of really interesting stationery um their designs are kind of minimalist and sort of mod um so you can kind of find things that have like really interesting patterns and really sort of like cool looking notebooks um i wouldn't say all of i wouldn't say i like love their notebooks but the i mean the project planner is one of the cooler ones i've come across i actually love that it's sort of giant because you like lay it all out on your desk and like it's sort of a thing you know mm-hmm. um and Bacchetto yeah. makes really cool post-it notes that are good companions nice yeah <clears throat> yay hmm. how about you johnny <laughs> so um my new goal for 2020 is to read um, 50 books for the year, which doesn't sound that hard, but you know, one a week's hard sometimes. Sometimes you're reading a really big book. So um, I started off with Permanent Record by uh, Edward Snowden. Have you guys are you guys Snowden fans? I don't know if I would say a fan, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody has a really Not strong opinion about him. Yeah, I guess yeah. maybe I'm an exception because I don't really, but yeah. yeah. I know. I'm like, I certainly know who he is, but <laughs> beyond that. I mean, it's weird because it's like his sad, doe eyed picture on the cover. Mm-hmm. And I kept like leaving it places and I'd look and like, oh, it's Snowden staring at me. But um, <laughs> like, I was talking to my tattoo guy last week while I was getting a tattoo and I was like, hey, I just read the Snowden book, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, I think he's a traitor. I'm like, crap, stepped in it. Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, <laughs> Red alert! Well, he... <laughs> Watch that tattoo closely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Um, Hunter's a reasonable guy, but um, moving on to another uh, divisive person, I just finished the, um, the recent Nietzsche biography called "I Am Dynamite," which is a quote from um, Ece Homo Nietzsche's autobiography that he wrote, like right as he was sort of losing his mind. Um, I think the New Yorker did a piece on it recently, and they had a. Um, a funny picture of Nietzsche when he was a young professor wearing his glasses and they were made as um, 3D specs. And it was just funny. But um, it was really good because the, I think the person who wrote it is a biographer, but she seemed like she really kind of understood Nietzsche really well, which is cool. Because, you know, his biography and his philosophy are so intertwined and all. And um, I just finished watching Frontline, uh, America's Great Divide. They did a piece, I guess, three years ago. 
they did something called the Divided States of America. It was like two hours plus two that. hours. And so this was sort of along those lines, um, two hours, another two hours, but you know, more contemporary. I think the first episode was up to the 2016 election. And the second episode was after the 2016 election up until um, impeachment. So it was super, super interesting as frontline usually is. We're just like, oh, two hours just went by. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's, you know, it's on the PBS app. It just came on. So it's pretty easy to get. Um, and I am, of course, writing with our pencil of the month, the Tennessee Red from Musgrave, which I've got to a really nice length. that's so balanced and beautiful and fragrant. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Um, well, um, I have not been doing a lot of reading lately, only because I, whenever I'm laying out a plumbago, I just can't like really read other things very much so it's uh i've been mostly just consuming the internet when i'm not like you know watching tv or or whatever so um hbo has the new season of the young pope which they have renamed into the new pope um <laughs> no no spoilers it's uh jude law is no longer the pope and um now, oh. now, there, now there's now there's a new pope which so he's not young anymore <laughs> yeah, guess not guess not no there's Was that a <laughs> <laughs> was that a plot line? I have no idea. Was that a plot line shift or was that like somebody left the show kind of thing? Or no, was there was some a, sort of drama or he's yeah, there's a, there's a kind of a big thing that happens the last episode, which is, which is what happens to Jude law and his character, but he's, he's still in the show. At least this, at least the first episode he is of the, of the new Pope, but he's just no longer the, the active Pope. So, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's really good so far. The first episode was like really strong. I it's such a weird, quirky show, but I just love it. I'm not sure why. Um, I do know why actually, because you know it's kind of like I don't know celebrating some of the like grandeur and the like just like ancient um, the ancient like you know entity of the Catholic Church, but also like deeply, deeply criticizing it for. You know, just kind of like because it's like you know, literally the patriarchy, right? So, um, so they did lots of critical, um, lots of criticism of the Catholic Church, but also like it really showcases some of the like really beautiful costumes and buildings and history and stuff like that. So, and it's 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 produced in Italy by Italians, so it's very unusual and different in the pacing than it is from a lot of U.S. television. So, I'm mm. a big fan. Um, I also watched uh, last night a movie with some friends um, that is, I really love, and it's just been forever since I've seen it last. Everybody, every, anybody here watch I Heart Huckabees? Do you remember that movie? I yeah. love that movie. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. weird. So weird. <laughs> so, um, so weird. Yeah. It, um, I, was, I was worried it wouldn't hold up, um, but it extremely holds up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good movie. Just two, two Jude Law uh, Con- consummations no two jude law things that i have consumed lately uh and i'm also writing on a with a tennessee red um and just finishing up the last few pages of my field notes group 11 copper notebook how about you tim nice nice uh i've been as far as reading goes i've been reading mostly uh young adult novels uh, i was st- trying to do some things with my students and trying to encourage them to read kind of independently of what we're doing in class more than I usually do. And one thing that I have just like a weak spot in my reading is the the stuff that will grab their attention the most, like the young adult stuff, which I've, I think I've talked about before. And so I was just trying to find some that kind of stuck out that I've been meaning to, to read for a while. And 
the one that I'd been like meaning to read was the serpent King by Jeff Zentner. And he is a, he's a writer from Nashville and he, he was a musician. And I think he put out like three or four kind of, you know, kind of mid-level albums that just never really took off. And like his music career was kind of coming to an end and he had never really written and he hadn't done any creative writing outside of songwriting and just decided to take a stab at this story that was in it, that had been in his head for a while. And he wrote it. And that's the serpent King. And it did really well. And it's a, it's a really good story. I'm about halfway through that one right now. And it's, it's a, it takes place in Forestville, Tennessee, which is named after Nathan Bedford Forrest. And it's these kind of three, three high school kids rising. They're like starting their senior year and they're all uh, outcasts in their own way. Like one is this one girl is a sort of like internet famous for like fashion blogging and stuff that she does. And her family's pretty well off. Another one's from this really blue collar family, but he's a fantasy fanatic. And then the third kid, uh, the main character Dill is his dad's in prison for some pretty icky stuff. And he was a snake handling preacher. And so he is kind of living with that kind of hanging over his head all the time. And everybody sees him through what his dad did. And so these three friends are just trying to navigate their way through their, their senior year. And it's a, it's a really good book and it's, it's really, yeah, it's really beautifully written. So I've, I've definitely recommend that. And the other one, even, even more so this book kind of blew me away. It's called all American boys and it's co-written by Jason Reynolds and Brendan Kiley. And, um, Jason Reynolds is a really good follow on Twitter. Uh, he's, He's a really well-known writer for young for young people these days, and so with that one, uh, he was on tour for his previous book with Brendan Kiley because they had the same publisher, and they uh, had never met each other before, and it was during the Michael Brown shooting, hmm. and so both of them, as they're getting to know each other, were both trying to like sort it out in their head, like this whole thing that happened and all these issues that are swirling around with. Uh, you know, young African Americans, like unarmed African Americans, getting killed by police officers and all that. And so, uh, about a year later, they decided that they were going to write a book together. And so, they wrote a book from two perspectives. So, it's kind of switching back, back and forth, chapter by chapter. So, one character uh, finds himself kind of, uh, he basically just he gets brutalized by a police officer for not doing anything, and then the other character. Um, the the white character his the police officer that did it was like a father figure of his uh, his best friend's older brother who had been kind of looking after him since his dad died in the war uh, in uh, Afghanistan and so yet the book takes place over a week and so you see these two characters trying to figure out what to do with this crazy scenario and their shared friends and all this but they never actually meet until later in the book um, it's really powerful and a really a really fantastic story so. Uh, that's one that I'll, I, I really want to get it and teach it, uh, in class. Cause it's just, it's re- really well written and really dynamic and just really true to life and just good message. So, yeah. Yeah. So those are two things I've, the last, last two things I've read. And the last thing is that I, I, I talked about getting a, I think I talked about getting a Nintendo switch at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I have continued to have a Nintendo switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've I have been pl- continuing to play the Untitled Goose Game, which Andy honk. Uh, gave me. <laughs> yes, honk honk. Uh, <laughs> and I have had just an incredible time. And the other night, uh, finished it and was just kind of distraught. And then found out that there's like this whole other half of the game that I didn't know was going to be there after so the credits <laughs> credits are done. And so I'm I'm digging into that now. But it's been so much fun. And my son, who's six, uh, 
he loves it too, which is right. really funny because it's like, and I think Andy, you were saying that it was something about like, it's it's cathartic for little kids because they can yeah. just be because you're just this goose that runs around and terrorizes people. I like I try to like describe it as it's like if you it's like Grand Theft Auto, but instead of like <laughs> a, a criminal with like stealing cars, you're this goose running like rampant around this little village. And there's like yeah. no there's no like consequences and everything mm-hmm. is repeatable. So if you need yeah. to like it's almost like a puzzle game more than it is like an action yep. game. So you can yep. like yeah. That's really fun. The worst is thing that happens. Is it true to life and the geese are really terrifying? <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Yeah, so certain people are terrified by them and then some are just like immediately chase you away. But, just kind of but shoot. But what's amazing, them. what's amazing, Caitlin, is you are the goose. So you can go around <laughs> and terrify the village. <laughs> yeah. Like with total role reversal there, I'm so afraid of geese. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty horrible goose. So I'd be scared of this one too. I mean, just because you just, I mean, you can run around like there's like a level where you have to like untie this kid's shoes and then honk and chase him. And so he trips and you have to steal his glasses and like carry him away and like give him the wrong glasses back. So he can't see. And it's like, you're just doing these. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. (laughs) So so I've been, yeah, I need it. It is wonderful. So I had big thanks to Andy there. Cause when I got the switch, he's like, you must have this. (laughs) Um, And it was, it's paid dividends here in our house. So, <laughs> so yeah, so there's that, uh, and I am writing with the uh, Musgrave Tennessee Red, and I am using my uh, my my scribbler, my my confidant, right now. So uh, yeah, let's go on to some fresh points. Uh, Caitlin, do you have anything you want to share for fresh points? You know, my stationary game has been a little bit lacking lately, even though I work literally around the corner from all three McNally Jacksons in Soho. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit dangerous. Um, I mean, it's it's the joke around our office that's our, our favorite coffee shop is the McNally Jackson bookstores. Um, best coffee in the neighborhood. Um, my really? only fresh point related for this, though, is I made my first big pencil splurge in a very, very long time um, at about two o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Um, <laughs> I bought a two pack of the single barrel and a 12 pack of the Tennessee Reds. And I'm Yay! really looking forward to them arriving. I just so, so enamored with the story behind the single barrel pencil. It's so cool. That was super cool. We were... Yeah, we were just sort of like flabbergasted when, um, you know, Nicole t- told us that they were going to yeah. be, you know, kind of like referenced a uh, reference of the show. So that was really, really exciting. Yeah. 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 yeah that's so special. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. How about you, Johnny? Um, it's not a lot going on. Like nothing's come out. But um, if you're not in our Facebook group, you might not be aware that Pencil Things closed or is closed. Yeah. So um, they're getting rid of all their stock. So you can buy um, the orange, you know, end-dipped Palomino that was called the um, California Stationery, California Republic Stationers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Palom- These are like, um, it looks like from the boxes, the stock's from like 06, 07. It's pretty old. And yeah. um, 80 cents a piece, like so 2H through yeah. 2B. Yeah, that was that was really surprising. I was I actually didn't realize they still had like nice, you know, Japanese or graphite pencils on there. I thought they had they had moved entirely toward like like novelty pencils and like Japanese erasers and things like that. Yeah, but, were they not on there? I can't believe that 
someone I... in the group hadn't realized they were up. Well, they um they kind of hid it under like I feel like the category that they were in was kind of like hidden in the sidebar. So, um, you know, Hence I the um, website closing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean, I'm on the mobile version of it right now, and it's oh, it's awful. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Well, I'm so sorry. The thing is, is that back. So I, for those of you who don't don't know, that was like the first pencil things was the reason I got started in like pencil blogging. I bought a sampler pack from them of like California Republic pencils and reviewed them on my like personal blog, blog and sent it to Don Bell, who was the proprietor at the time. He was like, he was like, hey, do you want to like, you know be a product reviewer for our pencil things blog and i was like yeah so back then i was really intimately familiar with the website layout and it is completely it's the same the same lovely design but worse worse layout than it was (laughs) was before (laughs) so he eventually sold it to some people who i think are the current owners who are are closing it down um who just didn't want they were just weren't interested in like product reviews so i kind of left and started wood clenched um but yeah, they uh, they definitely their stock has really gone toward the direction of like novelty erasers and pencils and sharpeners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if they just had like a warehouse with a bunch of those pencils and they're just like, eh, I'm just gonna put this <laughs> put, put these up on the site. But I definitely ordered some for the for the closure. Yeah, I got um, the my bees came in that um, like the cardboard wrap they used to put the dozens in, and my HBs came in those like really cool plastic boxes of six. Oh, did you get them already? Yeah. I was like, you know, we, they're like, I got a, um, a shipping email like an hour later. I was like, nah, I bet this didn't ship that quickly. They came Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Something like that. Like yeah. it came like, no way. These are real. I opened them up and like looking at them like, these are fake. These aren't real, but they're real. Huh. I figured I'm kind of kicking the, myself. The slow boat. Cause I have not, uh, they have not showed up here yet. Yeah. And that shipping was like, was it five bucks for flat rate shipping? That's not bad. Yeah. Yep. So if anybody, um, if anybody connected to pencil things, either Don Bell or, or the new owners listen to this podcast, um, get in touch. Cause I really want to just hear from you and hear about the story of pencil things. Cause it's, it's a really, I remember it being a pretty special website, uh, to me. So yeah. Yeah. And they had the, um, God, all those years ago, the, uh, pencil of the month club. Yeah. They, they were cool one little... of the first to do it. Yeah, the little shrink-wrapped uh, couple singles every month. That was a nice treat. Yeah, Don still really, have... really put that together. Like, he had a lot of thought put into that thing. Did they... One month, it was a... Um, it was like a magnetic pencil holder like you would use for a music stand. It was black. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I still have it on my fridge. It's, like, one of my favorite things. Yeah. He did that... He had that, like, special tier of pencil of the month where, you know, you got, like, an, a vintage pencil as well, and he did like three Ticonderogas throughout the ages, which was really interesting. Oh, neat. Like, like one from like the sixties and one from like the, you know, nineties and one from modern day, which was at that point in 2010 ish. So yeah, that was, that was really great. Sad. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully there's, there's not a sad reason behind the closure. Yeah. Folks are moving on. Yeah. So, um, my only other fresh point is that, uh, I got like a bug up my butt this weekend because they were calling for bad weather to clean out my kid's bedroom. So I was cleaning um, bookshelves and stuff. And like, I literally have a bag of a couple hundred pencils to donate that I just got out of their room. So I think I'm like ruining my children or like 
single-handedly destroying the planet. But um, <laughs> they'll all get, you know, by this time of year, I'm sure that her math teacher could use a couple hundred pencils. So <laughs> yeah. it'll work out. I get the I get the same feeling I was the other day. Henry uh, came around the corner, and I've I think I've I think he's done this before, and I might have talked about it. But he came around the corner and was like, "I'm ready to go," and we we're like, "All right." And he had his coat on and everything. Like that's weird. Why does he actually have his coat on before we asked him to put his coat on? And uh, <laughs> but then he unzipped his coat and he had clipped uh, probably thirty pens across the like neck of his t-shirt. <laughs> So when he opened up his Hey kid, you want to buy a pen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He like opened up his shirt and like his jacket and there was just a gig- just a huge number of pens like all his collection like wrapped around his neck. It's like <laughs> I'm so sorry, son. Like, what have I done? <laughs> did you get a picture? Uh Jane did, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll I'd love to guys. see the picture. Yeah, it was like fountain pens and everything like, like hanging <laughs> off his neck. Was his shirt like all hanging down? Uh, yeah, he was like sagging in the front and he had in his pocket, he had pencils in his pocket with like all the, I got him some of those uh, interlocking pencil caps for his stock, in his stocking this year for Christmas. And so he had like all these pencils clipped. I was like, man, yeah, yeah I, I sold your fancy Visconti to my friend for $3. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go for it, kid. Go for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I definitely, I definitely, uh, identify with feeling like you've ruined your children on stationary because Henry's like kind of <laughs> he makes us stop every time we're at like Target or something we have to stop in the aisle and he just like looks around and asks for 40 things <laughs> Johnny what what were the bulk of those you said it was a few hundred pencils like was it mostly like crappy pencils or good pencils or like um, what? sort of a mix like there were a lot of those um, I don't know if they have them anymore I don't really go to Target like when Target would have really interesting new pencils all the time. And we would all talk about how they were shockingly decent. Um, like lots of those, like those color Um, dipped ones, like the, the the end dipped in the color. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every time they came out, I would buy like 20 packs of them, which was (laughs) in retrospect, kind of stupid. Um, (laughs) and, uh, there were a lot of like Ticonderoga neons. I don't even remember buying this many of them. Um, oh, I remember those. That was like 2015, maybe. There were so many like neon stuff. That's when Dade just went like bananas for all. Of them. <laughs> like, I think yeah, I he found... probably still has like several packs. <laughs> and, uh, what else? Is... There were a lot of um, there was Bic extra fun that grownups don't like, but kids legit do enjoy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think the yikes are probably way better. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Cool. Tim, how about you, Andy? Um, nothing that isn't just updates of like you know show show business. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to just anybody who bought one of those erasable squires, um, the erasable X Baron Fig number two squires, um. Just wanted to give you an update in that there is no update yet. Uh, we're still wait- <laughs> we're still wait- still waiting on manufacturing um, to happen. Um, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week actually, um, I messaged Andy Tallarico and she told me that um, surprisingly the uh, the Squire production queue is pretty pretty busy, which I was interested and intrigued intrigued by. Um, so we're just in the queue. Uh, we're waiting to get those made. Uh, we're still on track for the end of February, although she says it could be, excuse me, the end of January, but she says it could be the beginning of February. So I'll update all of the buyers once I know more and have an idea of when to ship them out. So it shouldn't be, shouldn't be that much longer. We're, 
we're in the home stretch. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait to get my hands on those things. God, they look so good. Every time I look back at the picture, I like show it to somebody. I'm like, wait, look, look what we made. <laughs> like, look at this thing. <laughs> um, I just get so excited. So good. Um, and then also um, an update on Plumago Seven. Uh, last week we opened pre-orders. Uh, it is the the tiny issue, so we're uh, we're printing them on like field note size uh, booklets, which is pretty fun. Um, I'm trying to figure out um, just how to like lay that out because I don't know quite how to do the typography and the margins and everything for something that small. So I'm just like doing some research and just printing out like you know, mock-ups and just seeing how readable they are and see how they look. So um, something really interesting from um, Tim's brother-in-law, John Harkey, mm-hmm. uh, he <laughs> submitted, he's really into tiny poems. Like he wrote a dissertation about tiny poems and um, submitted a few of them. And then also uh, wrote this like tiny poem manifesto, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I wonder, <laughs> if, yeah, I would love to, I would love to get him on in the future or something and like talk about because I've I have never given tiny th- tiny poems this much thought. I mean, <laughs> that would have to be like a triple episode because I do. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot to say about it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, um, yeah. Maybe we'll do that as some like after dark con- or some like Patreon content or something. Yeah, like a three hour Patreon episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah he's, he is a he's a pencil nut too. He's become like obsessed over the course of us doing this and and we are swapping pencils all the time and he's uh he uses them yeah just just constantly and he was he, when he was in grad school getting his phd he studying tiny poetry and he specialized or i guess most of his dissertation was about this uh poet named i think her name was laureen niedecker or Nidecker or something like that and she wrote yeah so she worked in this this format of like writing these really tiny poems and one of his he he actually ended up getting tasked during grad school with the job of uh, creating a facsimile, like a perfect facsimile of this like handmade poetry collection, like this basically like ancient, not ancient, but you know, like what we would call a chat book, but like from way back and it's super yeah. cool and you can buy, um, you can actually buy like a physical copy of it now and it's oh. really cool, like this little handmade book, but it looks like the real thing. So oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I feel a little out of the loop. Uh, is a tiny poem a very short poem or a poem that's written very small? <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a very short, a very like fragmented poem. So ah, okay, so uh, only at least, like a couple lines. Yeah, at least in the way he he um, defines it. <laughs> I I think that like a haiku could be a tiny poem or you know something like that. But we we were we were taking poetry for this this edition that's um, just very short. Mm-hmm. Um, and his came in at like very, very, very short. Like I'm, I think we're running a couple poems that have like, some of these have like five lines with like three words each. Like they're really short. Mm-hmm. And... There is a man who parks right outside the stairs of the F train that I take home every day, uh, who writes poems for people for free. And I feel like if I had known about Plumbago in advance and known this man, I could have gotten you some really good oh, yeah. <laughs> NYC subway poetry to contribute to that. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I next mean, time. if it, next if time. it comes, if it comes up, yeah, that'd be really Still fun. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I don't have a good sort of like when we're shipping update for Plumbago seven and I'm hoping to do it before 
uh, before I go to Baltimore. But we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, February is coming be up. It's coming up soon. Cool. So that is uh, that is all for me. How about you, Tim? I only have one uh, appropriately very tiny uh, uh, fresh point that I'm gonna offer. It's just that I finally <laughs> I finally tiny got. Tiny points. <laughs> I finally got uh, Blackwing uh, 155. I got I got a few of those. Um, I got yeah I got I got some Blackwing uh, 155s in Asheville at Malaprops, uh, which is a bookstore I've mentioned on here before. Like I think I talked about it when we were we were talking bookstores in the last episode. And uh, yeah, I was there and picked up some of those and was really excited to find those pencils. And they're in their Blackwing collection. In their pencil section is just kind of growing in general. And of course, when I went up to the counter to buy them, I was like. I'm really glad you had these. I was looking forward to it. And and I had talked to the person there before actually about the membership and about how like we wanted to see if they would do a, a live episode of the membership because they have a big Wendell Berry section there. at the po- and I was like, you know, I also have a, a podcast about pencils and like her eyes just got really big. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, wait, oh, that's that's awesome. And then she's like asking these questions. She said, are there like – other things besides black wings that aren't this expensive and i was like oh come on just sit, <laughs> sit down with me for a second <laughs> Let's go here. i can yeah. show you the world <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. i was like i got a few suggestions maybe you know and gave her some websites to to check out but like i'm just super curious now next time i visit uh malaprops to see if that section has grown uh quite a bit because they they said the black wings are flying out of there and then they've got that's really all they have in pencils they have they have Black wings, and then they have the black wing colored pencils that they sell there, and then everything else is like microns and stuff like that, which is cool. But um, I'm hoping next time to go back and see some, I don't know, some camels and Mitsubishi's and stuff popping up there because they were definitely. She was actively looking because she just happened to be the person uh, who's in charge of that section of the store, and she's like, "I've been looking for other things. Are there are there other things?" I'm like, you have no idea, sister. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like just like anything. The hard yeah. you, you look deep enough, and there's like a, an infinite amount. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, but I like the the 155, and it looks better in person to me than it did in pictures. So that I was happy about. Um, I was I wasn't sure if I was even going to get any, and then I got there and got to play around with a. They had one out as a sample, and uh, I really like the the kind of contrasting colors and the in the you know whatever the alternating shapes and stuff and so i got really into it and i'm I'm glad i got them so and it's i mean the core can't go wrong with that for me so um i'm i i thought i was gonna skip an edition and then i didn't and i'm glad i didn't so <laughs> for sure. now i'm having the fomos oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that edition is just jackson. so beautiful yeah. yeah yeah do they sell singles at the mcdonald jackson stores um I have caught them with um, single volumes. I bought the like four of the um, the Mars one. At, mm. I can't remember if it was at you know they have a couple different stores. They've got yeah, bookstore, and then they have this the goods for the study that's like luxury notebooks and um, like tape dispensers and scissors and things like that. And then they have the writing implements store, and I think yeah. I bought. I've gotten singles of black wings at the bookstore. Mm. And I mean, I see that kind of thing and I'm always like, Ooh, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet um, Sarah McNally does not give an F. Oh, I guarantee what she should guarantee. do. Yeah. Someday I'm going to have to tell you all about uh, the time I met her. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing though, there's a, there's a store in Chelsea market. Um, the company I work for has a, a booth in Chelsea market. So I'm there pretty frequently 
Um, but there's a store in there called Higher Standards, um, which is all a marijuana theme store. Um, and they have a section wow. for black wings. We need a volume you... 420. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so funny that it's all these like it's luxury smoking paraphernalia. And then they have black, black wings. Uh, you got to have the classy pencil, right? With your classy amazing. pipe. <laughs> you see these potheads in the back just like you feel how smooth the MMX is you can feel every grain of graphite hitting the paper yeah <laughs> have you ever really thought about your pencil like have you ever really thought about, thought about your pencil? you know it's not lead right like because you'd totally be dead if it was lead yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. Uh, pencil of the month does this get a theme song it should needs one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny, see what you can do about getting us a theme song from all an all all bass <laughs> theme song for yeah. pencil of the month. Just a just a little yeah. jingle. I could run my uh my acoustic bass through something weird. Just uh, so funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you heard that song? Do you remember that song from One Hot Minute on the Chili Pepper or by the Chili Peppers on One Hot Minute where it's just flea? The song's called P. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like P, like P, like the the vegetable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> no, a like... little P. It's a love the moon. We'll work it out. <laughs> <laughs> so right. we are doing our pencil month is the Tennessee Red. Oh, that was recording. Okay. Or that was yeah. part. <laughs> oh, is that part of it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, a, know. I didn't know we started. Yeah. This okay. is a real uh professional operation we had here. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so here, I'll start fresh. Uh, let's do sure. that. Okay. And for our pencil of the month, we are going to be talking about the Musgrave Tennessee Red, one of the new releases from Musgrave, and their uh, these these new collections they put out with their red cedar pencils, and then the sort of ancient cedar pencils that they put out. And uh, yeah, so we we we've had these in our hands for a while, at least uh, Johnny and Andy and uh, and I have. I know Caitlin, you were just telling us that you had just ordered a box and had been looking forward to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Johnny, I know you're crazy about these, so. Why don't you start us out and kind of set the tone uh, on the the pencil of the month? Oh man, the the tone would be this is the most awesome pencil that's come out in a long time. But like, I don't know. I feel like slightly biased because since we've uh, been communicating with Musgrave, like I really like the people that run it and the people that represent them. So I might be skewed, but this pencil is ridiculously amazing. Like it's it's beautiful. It writes nicely. Um, I haven't found the quality control to be as bad as some people have. Like, I, th- mm. I think it's a little better than Musgrave usually is. And uh, we know that it's something they're working on. So that's good to know. But, um, like, it's just, it's so cool that they're making a pencil out of red cedar that no one else makes. And from what I understand, they have no plans to stop, even mm-hmm. though they're having trouble with their slat manufacturer or because nobody makes them. Yeah, but um, like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I you know, sharpen it. I'm like, this is what Thoreau smelled. <laughs> I love, love the um, just sort of like darkness variations within the wood. Like it's it's definitely more pronounced than it is with a lot of the instant cedar. And um, yeah, so like I'm I'm using one right now where 
one of the sides is all like a much is much darker than the other sides and it doesn't really interrupt yeah. the quality or anything it just looks really good um and and i'm i'm sure that when they sort of saw that we have to make this you know uh bare we can't we can't put paint over this so oh god no yeah, yeah. i mean mine is the same way mine's like the two-tone kind of and it's i it's so cool i can't i wouldn't yeah. i wish all of them were like that Frankly, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that would be impractical, but I, I wish all of mine were the kind of two-tone, yeah. different shades of the wood. And that box is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- oh, yeah. You call it a matchbox style situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. And I might yes. have gotten the cedar one for Christmas. They, oh. um, oh, the, the cedar box. I uh, think it's made of pencil slats because all the pieces are exactly that width. You got the because uh, there there are different ones, right? There's like the cedar and then a red cedar box, isn't there? Uh, there's a red cedar box that and you can like get with. Um, you can get it with uh, the red cedar. You can get it with um, help me the Harvest Pro, or you can get it mixed. Mm-hmm. But I think the box oh, cool. is red cedar. Yeah, and then you can also get the red matchbox. Like nine dollars for a dozen of really nice made in America pencils is just bonkers. Yeah. Somebody, somebody in the group really wanted a Tennessee red T-shirt, and Nicole responded, and she was like, "Oh, that's a great, great idea." So I'm, um, yeah, I'm really, yeah, excited about that. Yeah, these these are these are really fantastic pencils. Yeah, and the the typography is perfect. I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of their graphics in general lately. Yeah, I, I yeah I think it writes really amazing and i've really enjoyed having a new you know we've we've been talking since like the first episode of how much we love natural pencils and to have a new natural pencil come out is always really exciting and with this one i really was i was i was pumped up and i and i opened it and just based on the pictures that i was seeing on the website i and i guess maybe i wasn't paying attention in conversations and maybe on the like reading about it i wasn't ready for it to be like the hard full hex uh that it is like the sharper sharper hex body and I guess I'm just a wuss because that just like bugs me sometimes. It's like my, my, my dainty academic fingers are just like, uh, can't handle it sometimes. And so I, that's my only beef with it is I just like, I like, I like the more rounded corners on it. And so I get a little annoyed or distracted or something, or I'm just not really the, the thing is that I'm just not used to it because I haven't been using a full hex pencil at all yeah. in a really long time. That's like my, but that's my only beef. I mean, like everything else about it is great. And even that part that I was just mentioning, just to like have something to mention, I'll get used to and I, I will not think about it anymore. So hmm. I, I, and I totally second the, the request for a, for a t shirt um, oh, yeah. or a hat or something would be cool. But, I want this as a tattoo. Like, I have no connection to Tennessee, but Tennessee red looks so cool in the pencil. It would look cool like on your arm <laughs> or your chest. Well, there you go. You can choose I this think, as the pencil you get. In a, in a I think we know which months. one Tim's getting. <laughs> yeah. Not a couple months. Next month. Next month. Next month. Yeah. I'm still healing from the one I got last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. But if they, made, like, if they made this pencil over again or to do like a version two, maybe if they did a round one with like the uh the end cap they have on the single barrel and then didn't varnish it that could be the perfect pencil Hmm. even not round this is pretty damn close to a perfect pencil yeah yeah does it have the same sharpness on the hex as like the test scoring yeah 
it's a pretty sharp yep. sharp pencil mm-hmm. it doesn't the wood is or the lacquer is thicker than the test scoring though so i feel like it doesn't quite feel as um as sharp because of that yeah oh it does true. have a clear coating on it yeah oh yeah Definitely oh, okay. Okay. I was like really, that. really hoping it would be like the uh, cedar point and just be natural finish. Yeah. I wonder. I feel like red cedar would uh, splinter if you didn't have that clear coating because it's a little oh. bit more splintery of a wood. But maybe, maybe mm. not. I don't. I don't know. I think the smell would just knock you out. You would yeah. <laughs> sit there all day, like <sighs> in your closet to passing out. Moths. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be passing out every time you sharpened it. <laughs> oh my god. I was. So, did you guys use a um, uh, like a burr sharpener, and then pull the tray out and smell it? No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, no. what are you even doing? Do you even I'm pencil, sorry. bro? <laughs> I don't. I apparently don't. No. Tim, what are you uh, doing with your life? Jeez, <laughs> so man. Yeah. So sorry. I don't even <laughs> know if I want to hang out with you next month. Now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. I'm gonna show yeah, up. Right? I'm gonna show up with. Uh, just a big bag of Tennessee red shavings around my neck just to like attract Johnny to like come back and hang out with me. <laughs> that's the that's how we'll find you at the airport. Like, like, yeah. He's here. The sniffing here. dogs are confused. <laughs> yeah. the, the cedar sniffing Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> cedar sniffing Johnny. <laughs> I've been called worse things. <laughs> All right. Cool. Anything else you want to say about the pencil of the month? I don't um, think so. Thank you, Musgrave, for making this awesome pencil. Yeah, say thanks, yeah. Musgrave, for making something new and making something so awesome. Yeah. Can't wait for mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, just as a, a reminder, episode one thirty three, the first episode of February, we will um, uh, put our put our announcement for the newest pencil of the month. So, if anybody has any, has any ideas, you can just comment um, on this post. And uh, yeah, and then at the end of February, um, we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's get into our main topic. Uh, we, this this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about organizing yourself for 2020, and Caitlin's going to like help us uh, through this because she's been she's been thinking about it as well as you know we've we're kind of continually seeing all these options that are popping up in front of us about new planners or different options that you have, and sometimes it gets overwhelming because there's so many different ones, and when you have so many different ones, it feels like it's so hard to settle on one and to dedicate yourself to one method because there's always some new shiny way of doing things popping up. So. Um, yeah, so it's January. It's a good, perfect time to, uh, to talk about this. So we want to talk about whether a planner system can help us sort of hack our way into a new year and get things on track. And let's just talk about some of the different options that we've got. So I guess, how do we want to start this? We're going to start out by just talking about the, the different kind of formats of planners. Yeah, sure. 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 So I was, I kind of was thinking about this topic a lot um, as I've been, I am absolutely one of those people that buys into new year resolutions and, <laughs> you know, the idea of starting a year fresh. I mean, it helps that my birthday is in January, so it's a, literally a new year for me as well. Um, so, yeah, one of the things that I was kind of thinking of as a goal for my 2020 was to actually make use of the plethora of notebooks that I have but to also maybe stick with a planner this year. Um, Because the last two years I've bought uh, the Midori Traveler and as much as I just absolutely love them, um, I didn't even open the last six months of 2019. It's 100% (laughs) blank and unused and it just makes me so sad. Um, So as I've been 
I know I picked up a, a new job late last year, um, and it's a, kind of a fledgling business, and a lot of what I do tends to be pretty chaotic. Um, as it happens with small businesses, you just wear a lot of hats. Um, so I've been looking for a way to sort of organize my day, but also organize my coworkers a little bit and just kind of get my together. <laughs> um, <laughs> and obviously planner factors into that really strongly. Um, and I've always kind of struggled with what's the right format, a weekly, a daily, a monthly, um, the Midori Traveler is kind of a, a weekly layout, but you do have a little bit of space for a monthly. Um, the one I'm working with now, the Project Planner by Paquetto, is um, kind of a hybrid where it's got it's got a year layout, a month layout, and a, a weekly sort of everyday layout. Um, and that's been really helpful for me, but I have commitment issues. So <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you guys? What's... What's your go-to for a planner? What format? I'll start. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to start by saying that I don't have one. Mm. Um, yeah. I've been, I'm, I'm an, I'm awful when it comes to planners. Um, I, I have tried several different, and I just never end up sticking with it past a couple weeks. And that's that's more about me than about the planners themselves. Just. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like what I was alluding to in the, when I was introducing this, just, I get so restless and then I want to try something else. And I'm like, well, this isn't perfect. So I need to try something, <laughs> something else, you know, like, which is really unhealthy way of thinking about things. But I'm, I'm definitely on the hunt for this year though, cause I want something that gives me uh, a chance to organize myself, but also give me a little bit of flexibility. I've talked before about that grow journal from Baron fig. Mm. which is probably the closest I've gotten to something that I've stuck with. Cause I use that for that. I've, I've been using that for about four months, but that's not really about planning. That's more about uh, giving you some tools for like organized reflection on your day. So it's kind of an, I guess it's kind of the opposite of a planner. It's kind of a reflector. Mm. So, um, so that's, that's the only thing that I've stuck with. And then um, I've, I've definitely been, I, I, I talked about the monk journal or the, the monk manual on the last episode. And that's something that I'm, I'm waiting to get my hands on, but I'm going to give that a shot, which is it, it incorporates daily, monthly and weekly, but also doesn't do it. Like you don't get like a 2020 edition. And so, you know, you, you can kind of, if you miss a week, you can just pick up right where you left off. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to try next. And I, I, I can talk more about that later, just as far as how that, that notebook is set up. Cause it's, it's seemingly a little complicated, but also there are some reasons why I think it might work for me just cause it, I think the cop, the, the, the way it's complicated might help me because it just gives me lots of options for what I can do and what I can sort out and talk about. I think like to spin off of your point, an open date planner where you're not like committed to dates already like set in the book so if you accidentally skip a week or if you get lazy with your notebook mm-hmm. like you don't have all these blank pages just staring at you and judging you like mm. i'm about that as well i think an open date planner is really mm. sort of helpful yeah my my favorite one so like tim i feel like such a bad a bad stationary podcaster but i I also do not use a paper planner. I, I no, I didn't I say I was did. a bad stationary podcaster. No, that's just me. Excuse don't me. Don't that on me, bro. I don't keep a planner. Tim doesn't. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> We're going to have this out once and for all in, in Baltimore. Or Boston. Oh, man. Uh, 
And I have to referee so many fights being a Baltimorean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have a pencil fight. Yeah. So I, um, (laughs) I love loved when I had a paper planner, but like after after a while, my my like I mostly kept it for my job, and after a while, I just couldn't like keep a calendar that wasn't electronic, and therefore, like I just I just couldn't just handle keeping both. But my very very favorite one. that I that I used when I when I did keep a paper planner was the uh, the Moleskin um, Diary Plus planner, mm. and it was on once on the left spread it was a w- your week, and the mm. thing that was the thing that was important to me was I really didn't want one with like time um, appointments, so I didn't want to put down like noon and three p.m. and like that kind of stuff. I wanted something that was basically just like open day, so open concept, but specifically it's still kind of like organized out the days. Um, and so that was on the left, and then on the right was a um, just a blank grid. So you could like take a, you could scribble, you could have a to do list. I usually kept just kind of a running to do list. Um, so I really like that one, um, and I used that for several years after Gallery Leather stopped stopped making my my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's less bullet journal bullet journaly and more um, uh, plannery, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was, a, that was a big one that I really liked. Hmm. I usually would get the Moleskin daily diaries, daily diaries, the, um, you know, page a day one, the pocket size. Cause it's just such a really cool form factor. Yeah. Um, but like, I, it's rare that I stick with it. Um, but yeah, those are cool. I mean, Moleskins are always good cause there's so many damn formats and sizes and colors to pick from. And you can just kind of walk in and narrow your choice down by what they actually have yeah. in the store. But uh, this year I picked up one of those um, undated planners from Right Notepads when they had their big sale, but I'm staring at it. I haven't written in it yet. Hmm. But it's really nice. That's why I haven't written in it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's blue. There's lots of room. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Do you guys ever dig deep into the world of like the Aaron Condren type planners? Or uh, I mean, that's <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with those. <laughs> What's no, I, no, I, I mean, understand the question. Aaron and I won't Condren. respond. <laughs> <laughs> sure, absolutely a whole huge, huge, huge community. Um, and I mean, go on to Etsy, go to a Michaels, go. I don't know on Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's, it's sort of, um, not to sound like negative or anything. It's a very like Midwestern mom type thing where it's caught like meal planning oh. and fitness tracking and budgeting and like your kids schedules, but it's all really, really centered around like the stickers and like the accessories and sort of like, this like really cute. It's thing. like, it's like a, like a little bit more of a, like a, homey like franklin covey it looks like oh i don't know what that is franklin covey was another like a very businessy one that had like a lot of you could put different specialized pages in there and it had like right. this, okay this, uh, yeah um i'm just on the Aaron condren site right now yeah these are these are interesting yeah yeah it's it's interesting um my coworker just showed up today with a very like an Aaron condren-esque planner she got at michael's that is this fat, fat, with a big piggy bank on the cover budgeting uh, planner. 
and it's like it's got like your monthly outlook and your daily outlook and like it's just I don't know how people have time to go that deep into their planning. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this, I guess, leads to a next question is what yeah. do you put in your planners? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I think with, with that, all that previous conversation, one thing that I was kind of figuring out in my head about myself is that a lot of options is good for me. I'm not necessarily going to use a lot of options within it. Like I, I, I hate to be like pinned down to one like method for how to go through, but if there are a lot of different things going on, then I kind of feel at home because I can kind of pick and choose what what I need at the moment. I guess mm-hmm. if that I don't know if that makes sense because um, I I and I'm going to make a generalization now, but um, one thing that I don't why I don't think planners I always end up failing with planners because I feel like I'm not as uh, and I always. I'm not as like, is it right brain? Is that like the super like the more organized? organized. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not sure me. Left brain. So like I, I tend to think more like touchy feely or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. or like, and, and like when I'm, when I'm organizing my, when I, when I'm working with a planner, if I'm just like making a record of like what's going to happen and what happens next, I usually do pretty fine with that stuff. That's not the stuff that I need help. Like, keeping my head around usually the stuff I need to keep my head around is like making sure I'm healthy and like thinking you know like taking control of how I'm thinking about my day and sort of attitude stuff so I think that's why I I gravitate towards the grow journal or that uh, that grow journal Mm -hmm. or whatever it's called but um the monk manual which I was talking about like so they one thing about that and and I will say that the monk manual has which if you can't tell from the name of it it has a little bit of like a spiritual bent to it um just just a little bit, but it it along with being basically a planner mixed with something like the Baron Fig Habit Tracking Journal, it's like those two mixed together. It also has these sections where it's like leading you through these uh, things where it's like saying, "Here are your highlights of your day. I was at my best when I was doing this. I felt unrest when this happened. Here's something I can improve for tomorrow." Um, here's a moment where I noticed like I was having a aha moment about something about myself that like I need to remember tomorrow not to like forget that I had figured that out the day before, you know? And so it's much more, I don't know, just like philosophical thinking and like how to like gather just all the thoughts and all the chaos of a day rather than just making sure X, Y, and Z happens. Rather than just a to-do list. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Are you all familiar with the um, the notebook that um, Mike Hurley and CGP Gray created? Mm-mm. The, no. the 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 what is it called? The theme system or the me system? I'll put a link in show notes here. Um, but it's it's something I know that they talked a lot about on their show Cortex, um, and it's it has a lot of it has three sections. It has like these yearly themes they call them, and then there's some journal pages, and then they have like daily themes so there's a lot of um like daily checklists and you like you know what are the 10 things that you need to do every day to feel happy brush your teeth take a walk read a chapter etc etc um there's yeah (laughs) (laughs) was that ug for brushing your teeth or taking a walk no no that was me no no that was actually me like having like a visceral reaction like this sounds great no um (laughs) sorry that that came out sounded strange but i I was actually like (laughs) Hearing you describe this is like that was me like giving the like snapping my yeah. fingers. I was just like, that sounds great. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. I'm... It's really good. It's one of um, it's one of Mike's um, 
one of Mike's other podcasts um, with uh, CGP Gray, who's like a um, I don't even I don't really know what his job is. He's his job is a is to be a podcaster. Um, yeah, they they talk a lot about like you know neuroscience and just ways of thinking and and how they how they approach things and yeah this is a pretty good uh, theme systems a pretty good a pretty good journal i haven't gotten my hands on one but i definitely um eventually went to a little bit so i'll put that in the show notes uh the theme system.com is, is mike harley's notebook mm-hmm. it's twenty dollars yeah so, while we're talking about while we're talking about that caitlin i think your question was like what do you usually want to include in a planner and I mine is at this point the the thing I use it most for are just sort of like daily to do lists. So it's either daily to do lists or da- to do lists around like a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do a lot of like, um, you know, kind of capturing disparate to dos for work um, in my in an app on my computer uh, or on my phone, and then I'll you know take those and uh, sort of like compile them per per day um, into like a pocket notebook. So just a lot of to-do lists, I think. And then mm-hmm. if I'm like, you know, putting together, I just make a lot of lists. Like I'm putting together Plumbago 7 and I'm making a list of the con- the contributors to make sure I got like, I have all their bios and I really, I laid out their, you know, their contributions and stuff. So um, yeah, just a whole bunch of lists, basically what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm very, very similar in my, in my planner style. Um, but the thing that I struggle with the most is sort of the, the daily short-term list, like what I think I'm going to accomplish in a day versus all of the things I think I want to do. (laughs) Um, and that list tends to be about 20 times longer than the things I can actually accomplish in a Uh day. So (laughs) the, the format I sort of started working myself into is, writing in pencil the to-do list that I think I'm going to get done that day and then keeping the longer like massive list of all the things I want to accomplish sometime on post-it notes and just moving the post-it notes from page to page oh yeah migrating post-it notes that's definitely like post-it notes of good intentions (laughs) (laughs) absolutely real quick on the what you include like I even when I had sort of a career for a little while before all my children were born, um, my planners would devolve into just like a mini diary of writing down stuff that I did already instead of stuff I had to do. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons I switched to the diary format, and one of the reasons I switched to a bullet journal. What What does that mean, Jenny? Like, how did how did that how did that go? So you would have like a meeting, and you would like write about how the meeting went, or like. Um, turn into that it was sort of just like bullet points like um there would be an entry like uh i'm saying like a lot tonight um meeting with anthony at 10 30 and then under that would be like start at bruce chatwin book Hmm. because you know i i tend to be obsessed with when i read books and when i watched movies like i haven't seen this in three years i'm gonna watch this again yeah that's kind of bullet journaly right like yeah so then When I heard about bullet journaling, this sounds like something interesting. It, it took me a long time to stick with it. Yeah. That's, so that's cool. another question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, that, is bullet journaling actually all it's cracked up to be? I've tried it in the past. Um, I particularly was work using um, Baron Fig um, Vanguards. Um, mm. And I just, I don't know. I couldn't stick with the system. 
I think I'm a little bit too scattered to sort of like <laughs> transfer, it all, transfer it all from day to day, which is how I ended up with this migrating sticky note problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think Les had a really good point when she was on talking about it. She was like, you know, you know, Ryder, Ryder Carroll has a, uh, a product to sell. Yes. And so there's, there's a lot about that, that like requires you to sort of be all in, um, in order to like get value of it it's like the new version of that um oh david allen um getting things done method the gtd method that was like really popular in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. um so i i tend to think that like you know i use a very 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 bastardized version of the bujo method like it's just like super sloppy compared to what writer carol's doing but i i i think it's a it's a good sort of like philosophy but as a product it's not like to me, all that that is cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started bullet journaling last uh, January first and didn't quite stick with it because um, you, you can imagine being a pencil podcaster. You're like, hey, this pencil, this pencil, this notebook, and it's hard to just you know stick with something. I mean, I've used four different pencils today already, but. Um, in the fall, I didn't. I guess I hadn't put two, two, two and two together to realize that Ryder Carroll came up with this because he has ADHD, and um, it just works for someone with ADHD. There's a really good video that we can put in the show notes where someone talks about how people with ADHD tend to get bored with planners. But I mean, I think that's true of a lot of people. But that's true of a lot of uh, things for but, ADHD. The cool, the cool thing about bullet journaling is that. You know, there's a base system that um, Writer Carol comes up with, and then you can just, you know, run with it and do what you want. And that doesn't yeah. mean you have to buy, like, reams of washi tape and get very artistic, unless that's what you're into. But, you know, there's so much on social media um, and YouTube about how pretty bullet journals are. I think it gets discouraging. Mm-hmm. But there's a good Facebook group I belong to called um, Minimalist Bullet Journals, where if you post something like that, they would you know, shame you. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is a system, not a sketchbook. Um, so this year I bought a new like term book and I just use whatever pen is around. I don't even use a lot of pencils in there. And I own one fine liner or mild liner, sorry. So I'm finding sticking with one tool is helping to, you know, navigate the system that looks different and you can do it every week. And, um, you know, I do it my way a little bit. But um, yeah, there's a lot, roundabout way of saying if you just kind of run with it a little bit, it can be fun, but you've got to stick with it long enough to see what works for you. But not knowing what works for you makes it really hard to stick with it. So it's sort of like, I don't know, it's a leap of faith yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads into a, our next question is like, how do you how do you manage to stick with it over the course of a year? <laughs> because I know for for me, the reason I stuck with the Grow Journal last year or for like a decent part of last year is because I got like a pretty, uh, I guess it was like an instant gratification thing, but I immediately felt good doing it, you know, where it's like I was doing it and it was like, this makes me feel good at the end of the day to reflect in this way or to think about things this way. Whereas, um, I get too wrapped up in the, the format of my, my planner. And then I end up like not just selfishly not getting that same kind of like reaction. So I don't know. How do you guys, what's, so that's me sounding like a, like a teenager who just is like <laughs> fickle and can't 
handle structure, but, um, yeah. How do you, how do you stick with something over the course of the year besides just the, like, I mean, the basic advice of just stick with it long enough to see if it's working, but like, what other tips do you guys have? <laughs> I think I sort of fell victim to, uh, what Johnny was talking about, which was the cute bullet journaling. Um, and that was what originally drew me to the Midori Traveler. Um, because you see all of these like gorgeous layouts, the washi tape and the stickers and the watercolors. And I, I sort of had this idea in my mind that it would incorporate a little bit of all of that for me. Um, because I'm sort of a, a hoarder of ephemera and, you know, like notes and things like that, um, that I wanted to kind of keep together. So at the end of the year, my planner would not just be my to-do list, but also sort of like a portrait of my year. And I found that that actually made it kind of unsatisfying and kind of impossible for me to keep up with because I'd find myself somewhere between needing to keep a to-do list and wanting to make it cute and ending up somewhere in the middle where it just looks sort of sloppy and confusing and to kind of turn me off of it, you know? Um, so what's sort of helped me stick with it is, I mean, going a little easier on myself. Um, and then like the, the post-it note thing has made me a little bit, feel a little bit less or sorry, sort of like non-committal. So if I'm like, okay, I don't like that to-do list or that to-do list is like totally unattainable. I'll just pull the sticky note out. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of why like the intentions of, of people who are, you know, really making their, like, you know, their Bujo layouts really intricate and pretty. And, and I, is it to just sort of like slow down and meditate about what they're planning and what they're doing? Or is it more of like a, you know, I'm going to Instagram this and keep myself held accountable for, you know, what I'm planning. I, I'm, I'm sure those are the two. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure those are the two extremes that everything lands in between, you know, like, yeah, I think it's just, it's both, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's yeah, and depends on yeah. the person. I mean, it can be, it can be fun. I mean, the idea is that you always have it with you, yeah. So you just doodle for yeah. a while, and so I've seen some really beautiful layouts out there. But I, I'm yeah, I, and I guess one thing you mentioned, Johnny, is like you you see that and you're like, oh man, I can't do that. So why even try? You know, that's... Yeah, that really discouraged me for a while. Mine's like a yeah. sloppy mess, and I love it. <laughs> it makes me think of. So, Reminds me of Larry Grimaldi and like his cool, those like notebooks that he makes where he like does all the like multimedia stuff and like attaches all these things mm -hmm. that represent a, you know, a block of time or whatever. And like he makes his field notes look so cool by the end. And it's, yeah. I don't know. That's my, my, I just had a thought that it's something I might, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's worth a try, but one, one problem I tend to have, I'm realizing is that, um, <laughs> I criticize my my son, not criticize to like to him, but like I, I think about my son. I'm like, man, he just wants everything to be his way, like all the time. He wants to have all this control, <laughs> and yet I'm sitting here like, none of these systems work for me. <laughs> you know, like so, but the, the idea I had was like, I mean, I bull, I've had my own attempts with bullet journals, and it didn't really work. But now I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like, well, if I was gonna lay out a notebook, if I just started a notebook that was dot grid or whatever, and just like, I'm going to use this and I'm not going to adhere to any system. What would my system look like? And that's kind of got my, my mind worrying. Like what would, what would be useful to me? What would I need? And that gives you an opportunity to kind of pull from all these different systems and use what, 
what makes you feel good and what brings you joy and what makes you feel organized. And I don't, I don't have an answer for what mine would be at this point, but that's just what I'm, I'm thinking about now with, which I think Andy, you said like you, when you use a bullet journaling system, you're using kind of a very adapted version of it. And I think a lot of people do that, but yeah, even to break out of just bullet journal in general and just say, if I wanted to organize my week, what are the things that would help me do that? And then just kind of come up with a standard layout and then just kind of repeat that layout totally. forever. And that, that also gives you an opportunity to change it. If you get halfway through, you know, you get halfway through the year and you're like, man, I've been missing this thing or I haven't been paying attention to this. Like maybe I could try this and then you can change up your whole system. So. Yeah. I, one of the tricks to the two, uh, sticking with a bullet journal, I think is sort of riding that balance between giving something a chance and not giving up immediately. And also, you know, being like, this doesn't work. I'm going to do this, like changing this next week. Um, like mine sort of floats between stuff I have to do and journal entries. And one week it's very heavy one way when it's heavy the other. Um, but yeah, like if you, if you were just doing the pure writer Carol version, which there are Facebook groups for, you have to give it a chance, but then like, if you don't like it, it's really hard to give it a chance. Like how long should you do it for like, no, I don't want to do it this way. I want to put more of this or that in there, draw more or whatever. But um, yeah, I think that bullet journals are easier to stick with than a regular planner. Cause you can just switch halfway. Like, uh, I don't like weekly anymore. I'm going to do daily now instead of having to buy another moleskin, which mm-hmm. I've done many times in the middle of the year. And um. Also, I mean, for me, I can stick with it because, or I have an easier time sticking with it than I thought I would because I just forget things if I don't write them down and then I make a fool of myself. Or um, as someone prone to anxiety, if you don't make a list, then, you know, the list you have in your head is usually a lot bigger than the list, your actual list of things you have to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he talks about this in the book a lot, that it frees your brain up a little. Like, you're like, I know I wrote this down and I'm going to do it. I, I don't have to. You know, stress out about it too much or let it occupy a lot of my brain space. But um, yeah, I guess the, uh, the, the long way of saying that what helps you stick with it is if you have something that works for you. And if it doesn't work, you're probably not going to stick with it anyway. Move on to something else. The, the fun thing about bullet journals is you can just mess around and mess around and mess around until something works for you. Until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there's a really good question here. Um, you know, what accoutrement do you work in your planner? Do you use highlighters, use color coding, uh, stickers? Um, Caitlin, I know you said sticky notes. Yes. I have yeah. a, a vast collection because I can't freaking help myself when it comes to post-it notes and page flags and things like that. Um I also, I mean, I tend not to actually use these into my, in my actual planner because I can't decide on a color coding system. Um, But I I really, really love the um, Stology uh, washi tape dots to like color code things and like flag dates and things like that. Um, I have tons of them that I've sort of tried to use over the years to like flag things like meetings and appointments. Um, Again, I have a hard time finding a color coding system that really actually works for me. But, I mean, I have multitudes of accoutrement for planners. Anybody That's else cool. have you, anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 
I, well, I, well, this isn't with planners because like I've, I've already admitted that I don't really do a good job with that. But one thing that I do with pocket notebooks that if I get into this, this next year and start using a planner that I want to try to adapt is that lately as I'm working through a pocket notebook and I'm jotting things down, which can be like totally mundane to like really important stuff, is that I've started using a – I've got a, a yellow and a um, – what, what is it? I have a yellow and a green highlighter, but like I'll if if I write something on a page and I'm like, I know I'm gonna move on, I'm gonna need that, I'll highlight it in yellow. I got those two colors in my bag. And then as I'm kind of functioning and I'm flipping back through my notebook as I do like a lot throughout the day and I see those white or those yellow things, and as I finish them, I'll grab the green one and I'll I'll highlight over the yellow and, and make it green. Um and so that's something that like as I'm thinking about how to adapt the bullet journal idea. And move forward because that's what that I always got hung up on that with bullet journaling, like like transferring stuff to the next day and all that. And that was something that I, I started doing with my pocket notebooks just in the last couple of weeks that I've really enjoyed. So just highlighting things that are like really I can't forget that they're in there among all the stupid to do lists and like things that my three year old said that I thought were cute. <laughs> so which I'll sometimes I highlight those too so I don't forget them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's yeah i mean that's that's one thing but i don't besides that i I just kind of am using whatever i've got on hand as far as writing utensils uh, i just w- whatever i'm enjoying that day does anybody does anybody do any goal tracking sort of yes I don't, i'm not even sure exactly what that might include like do you have a goal and then you know like like pieces like things you need to do in order to achieve that goal or is it more of a time timeline kind of a thing um, for one that I'm doing, it's um, just a daily entry with a statistic. Um, this writer and Carol talks about how, you know, your memory can be a little faulty and you look back like, oh, I've been, you know, I haven't been reading anything. And you look back and you're like, oh, I've actually been reading a lot. Or, you know, anything you want to track, your memory is not going to work as well as if you just write it down every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suppose... A- Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh I, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I suppose um, when I think of goal tracking, I mean, I kind of go back to the Erin Condren thing that I mentioned before where they, I've seen on like Pinterest and different things like that, where they have all these methods to sort of keep track of anything from how much, if you drink eight glasses of water in a day to if you're staying on track with your fitness goals or if you're, you know, your budgeting goals or like anything like that, like I've seen sort of a lot of different systems for people to kind of keep track of like um, actual like smart specific measurable attainable whatever the rest of the smart acronym is uh, goal Um, and I was just wondering if any of you guys had any sort of system for that or if you worked with anything like that before (laughs) the silence isn't helpful (laughs) we don't have goals no I mean, I have a hard time with something so strictly time bound like that. Um, just because I, I feel like I just feel like I have commitment issues. I don't know. Uh, so I, I don't really do goal tracking, but I'm kind of like loosely into the idea of it, of like saying I'm going to do something for 30 days and then keeping track of it for every day. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to. Yeah, I mean read a book every day (laughs) (laughs) i've done things like that with um like tracking my my sorry my coffee consumption um but not Mm. necessarily with with a goal in mind just at the end of the month like an accurate picture like how much coffee do i actually drink 
because yeah. you know people in your life are like you're crazy you're gonna die and then you know at the end of the month I'm like i don't actually drink that much i mean an inhuman amount of coffee yeah yeah but that, i mean that's sort of the kind of idea i'm getting at that it's just i don't know the the data i find really interesting you know sort of like being able to look back and say see the progress in a statistical way yeah yeah like um I don't know. I suppose it'd be good for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Something that's you know strictly a number. Yeah, that you can track. It was very good for uh, NaNoWriMo. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So my, do you... my my life is uh is too chaotic for goal tracking. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> Mine as well. My my discipline is yes yeah, is. is is un, 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 too undisciplined. <laughs> yeah, I th- when I think of goal tracking, I think of something really specific, such as like if I'm going to read 50 books in a in a year, mm-hmm. you know, what are what are the steps to get that? Do I have to make a list? Like, what books do I pick? Or like a lot of nitty gritty stuff that I wouldn't really be able to pay attention to. Yeah, like loose data, like how many books I can handle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Shifting the topic just a little bit, do any of you supplement your analog planners and uh, to-do lists and that sort of thing with a digital system? Yeah, but Johnny does. I, I only <laughs> do for uh, <laughs> I only do for medicine because I will literally can't take medicine. Even if my kids are on something for like an ear infection, if I don't set myself reminders, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poor Henry suffered repeated ear infections because of that. <laughs> Yeah, I sort of go back and forth between using just the regular calendar app on my phone for reminders and um, doing a sort of brain dump in Trello. Um, but I, I find when I do the brain dump in Trello, I, I do that for like maybe two, three days, and then I ignore it for about a month. Yep. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I use I use Trello um for um tracking with um like plumbago submission tracking um you know you can set that up it's a it's like a project management uh board where like each task is represented by like a little card and you can move it around between different columns and what's cool about it is um uh it uh like it, it connects to email so if somebody like emails you at a certain address um it can really uh like yeah, sorry. It can really like you know, it just kind of dumps back in there and dumps in there, and then you can fill it out with detail, which is really great. So, mm-hmm. um, I like Trello a lot. I use Things T H I N G S, which is a really great kind of Mac and iOS based um, to do list. Mm-hmm. Um, I I usually like record kind of like ad hoc to dos in there or import something or something when I'm at my computer all day at work, and then I kind of transfer that to um, to paper per day. Um, what else do I do? Um, any lists that Katie and I kind of keep collaboratively, like, um, you know, our grocery lists or what we're going to get at Target or whatever. Um, we have like a collaborative, uh, just a, the Mac, um, notes app lists. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. 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 I just, I, that's, that's the only one I was going to mention that one using, uh, the notes app in some kind of organized ways for certain tasks. I do that. And then I've started in the last month using Google, just Google calendar. Um, I have to do that, especially for anything that's uh, recurring. You know, so that's where I store any anything that's going to be happening 
frequently. I don't go over the top with it. I'm not scheduling like when I'm going to work and all that stuff. That's like super obvious, but I, I do use it because I just, my long-term memory is not good. I do fine within a week and not missing deadlines of stuff, but that's, that's been, that's become really helpful to just get these scheduled reminders that I'll get, you know, next year, same time for things like renewing our license plates and, (laughs) and all that, all that kind of stuff. So that's, but that's, that's it for me. Okay, well, that's a it's a, a lot to a lot to chew on. A lot of ideas out there, and there, like we said at the beginning, there are there are so many options, and so this has been really helpful, at least for me, for uh, sorting out what to do with all these separate options and how to kind of make the best system that works for you. So, thanks, guys, for talking through that, um, and thanks, Caitlin, for coming on the show and and sharing your your ideas and your because you're kind of the the inspiration for this topic. So, we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for absolutely for having me and being open Yay. to have this idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to put uh, it in our planners to have you on soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if yeah, so I'll start out by saying if you have not uh, taken a chance to check out our Patreon, uh, it is at erasable.us slash Patreon. If you enjoy the show and care to support us in any way, that's where you can do that. There is uh, extra content that we're putting out on Patreon that is images and also kind of behind the scenes information. And we'll also post bonus episodes that are usually about 10 to 15 minutes that are just kind of some fun um, off the clock conversation about topics around stationary and not stationary sometimes as well. Um, my name is Tim Wassum. You can find me on Instagram and at uh, Timothy Wassman on Twitter at Tim Wassum. Uh, Caitlin, why don't you tell us where we can find you on the internet? Uh, right now you can find me on my personal Instagram at kate.elgin. Um, I also am currently running the Instagram for the company that I work for. Uh, they're a cute little handbag label called Min and Mon. Um, and I think some erasable fans might already know them if they saw the collaboration that they did with CW Pencils. Yeah, that stuff is lovely. I love the little keychain. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, very adorable stuff. I wish I could say I had anything to do with it, but it came about before I was with the company. <laughs> but it's nice. it's freaking cute. Cool. How about you, Andy? Um, I am at Andy.wtf or Twitter and Instagram as at a wealthy. Thanks. Johnny? I am at pencilrevolution.com and Twitter and Instagram at pencilution. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Erasable Podcast. You can find our show notes for this episode at erasable.us slash 132. And our Facebook group, if you're not a member of that, it is at facebook.com slash group slash erasable. And then our official Facebook page is facebook.com slash erasable podcast. That's where you can go and like our podcast. Uh, please uh, take a second and rate and review us on iTunes or recommend us on Overcast or whatever podcatcher you use. That's very helpful to us, and that's the only way to make us more visible uh, to differentiate us from um, all the other (laughs) pencil podcasts out there, uh, which are all of our friends. So, uh, yeah, please give us a review. That also gives us some really helpful feedback for future uh, future of this podcast. Uh, We want to end our episode by thanking our... Uh, producer level Patreon supporters, and they include Alex Jonathan Brown, Ann Sype, Bobby Letzinger, Chris Jones, Chris Metzkus, Chris Ulrich, uh, Dave McDonald, All the Dave Tubman, <laughs> yeah. Fourth Underscore Letter, Gangster Hotline, Hans Noodleman, Jason Dill, Jane Newton, Joe Crace, John Bainan, 
Johnny Baker, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Larry Grimaldi, Leslie Tuzet, Mary Collis, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Random Thanks, Stuart Lennon, Tana Feliz, Think Travel Eat, and Thomas Eckerberg, or sorry, Thomas Eckberg Anderson. So thank, thank you, you everybody. so much to our, our producer level supporters on Patreon, and we will talk to everyone soon. Turn it off.